Welcome to Dividend Talk, podcast episode 54, Fresenius Dividend Stock Review. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dividend Talk. I'm your co-host European DGI and today I'm joined with Phil Sackler. Phil Sackler, as you know, is our regular guest on the show, specifically when we are on holiday and EMF is having a great holiday. If you don't know this podcast yet, this is a podcast where we discuss our passion for dividend growth investing with our own unique European flavor. If you're new to this channel, please hit the like button and subscribe to us and check out our previous episodes on YouTube and Spotify. See you on the inside. Hey, Phil, welcome back. Uh, thank you so much for um, being our co-host today while EMF is enjoying his well, very well-deserved uh, vacation. How are you doing? I am doing great. Hello, EDGI. Great to be here. And yeah, I mean, I gave you my word the last time. Whenever you need me, I'm here. Well, super. I, I really feel like you're already uh, um, uh, making us the three musketeers. So good, good. Thank you. Hey, um, like like you know, we always start with the news on the week. News of the week. Is there anything that caught your attention this week? Yes, definitely. And I'm I'm also interested what what you say about it because you you are Microsoft uh, shareholder, right? What's That's correct. What do you say about the new Windows 11 release? I mean, to be honest, it it came out of the blue for me. I I did not see any big event, no hardware announcement. Just suddenly, Windows 11 will be there. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I don't know about the details about it. Um, I'm just so biased. You know, that everything they do uh, turns into gold at the moment. So I'm really, really um, happy um, with the company. And if they feel they need a Windows 11, they need a Windows 11. I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised by it in such a way that I was thinking that they stopped thinking in, in, in these kinds of names and numbers, like it would be like Apple, a continuous um, update. So, but I would need to look into the details what this really is about. If it's just an update, then it's perfect. But if it requires people to reinstall their whole laptop or something like that, uh, I would be a little bit disappointed because I thought that they left that error behind them. Yeah, to be honest, I also don't fully understand the details. I mean, there will be some new features for sure. Apparently, you will be able to run Android apps on your Microsoft or your, your Windows mm -hmm. installation. There will be now a new start menu. The icons will be in the middle of the taskbar versus in the left uh, lower left corner. So certainly interesting but yeah why a new windows version i also don't get it to be honest i i somehow got used to the fact that you just have windows 10 and get your yeah. frequent feature updates without the castle of a new installation so yeah let's see what it brings yeah well um, um i'm sure that such an adela thinks about uh, us as uh, users and consumers of the software so uh, i'm sure that he wouldn't take such a decision lightly if it's really something new so um, maybe what I really uh, caught my attention this week is like the S&P 500 is again at all-time high. I mean, they're they're having all-time high every day, yeah, because it's simple. If you're at all-time high, that <laughs> keeps on going. But it's every week in the news, right? And um, sometimes I'm wondering, like, like then 
what, what is this then compared to the European stock uh, stocks 50 index? Because this one, the stock index is now um, uh, there at, at 4,000, but it was also at 4,000 in, in 2000, yeah? And, and actually in 2000, it was at 5,000. So if you if you look at the price chart of the European equivalent, let's say, of, of, of this, it's gone nowhere over 20 years. And this is really interesting for me, like, is it is it just America that is so much better in business execution? Because we have some really nice, great companies, right? And these are the top 50 companies of Europe. Is, is it that, yeah, what is it? Do you have any thoughts about that? Well, I I looked into this topic some, some months ago um, and some economists actually see a little bit of parallels uh, you know with the development in, in Europe what you had with Japan some uh, some decades ago time of boom is a little bit over weak secular trends not a yeah. big po population growth so it could be really that some fundamental economic uh, parameters are not speaking for yeah. Europe as a continent yeah. um, but indeed, I mean, there will be still uh, be good companies in Europe. I mean, that's that's I think two two different topics, right? Yeah. So, but, well, if you look at the composition of this index, you've got the Unilevers there, right? They get most of their, um, I said, uh, revenue from international. So maybe there is also something um, I said when you look from a European point of view that they are more impacted by regulations, uh, dividend policies when you look at the banks and such, that, that puts the market cap lower and such. Um, so I find it just really interesting that if you look at the S&P 500, it's really an exponential uh, price chart. And when you look at, um, I see it, uh, the Euro stocks 50 is more like crocodile teeth. Yeah. <laughs> so I find it really interesting. And it just shows like, uh, again, uh, how much different it is to invest as a European person. Of course, we're not necessarily investing in European stocks, but it also shows why many people are probably having a pre preference for US stocks, um, because at least you see also price appreciation there, uh, probably more a little bit than in Europe. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, to be honest, thinking about it now, do you, do you know if they are kind of sector stocks? Uh, stocks uh, well we have of course certain sectors really strongly yeah. in europe right and um and i also think that if you look at some of those top companies those are not number one in their industries yeah uh, or not number one anymore just think about sap or so yeah um if you compare that with now with with the the service now of this world the work days of this world uh, of course sap is a is a huge company but they have, are not having the hyper growth anymore. This is with also with Salesforce at the moment. Yeah, so I think these are probably the the differences that the other companies are better at global execution or something like that. Yeah, good point. Good point. Just says I think yeah, stay uh, globally diversified, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think that's also one of those uh, things yeah. that we need to just keep paying attention to. But this maybe leads us also uh, into the nicely into the main topic of today because today we are going to do a stock review of Fresenius, and it's uh, it's I think a great example of a German company which has seen quite some growth right uh, over the years. And uh, I also know that you know this company pretty well, so it's really nice to have you also regarding this company on the show today because I really would love to hear also more of the. Uh, yeah, about the company and such, and also to share with the community like what it is about and and 
you know, to for, for them to make up an opinion whether they would want to be invested in it. So could you explain a little bit more about Fresenius, a little bit what it is, uh, how it operates? I think we can summarize Fresenius a little bit as a hidden gem. And uh, it sounds maybe a little bit strange that a lot of people do not know this company because in the end it's a company with uh, more than 300,000 employees. I mean, it's not a small company. That's huge. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And also very well diversified in its structure. So. Uh, if we look a little bit at the at the company structure and the business, um, uh, there are actually multiple entities of Fresenius. We have um, Fresenius SE as holding company, that's mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. uh, the biggest company, and then we have up to four business entities. Uh, the one is Fresenius Medical Care, focusing right. on uh, dialysis machines and and equipment and service products around that. And they are also, by the way, publicly traded. So you will see actually a second Fresenius medical care at these stock exchanges. And uh, next to Fretical, uh, Fresenius medical care, we also have Fresenius Carby, Helios, and Varmet. And mm -hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a very nice lineup, in my opinion. And uh, maybe at this point, uh, also a short disclaimer, uh, I own uh, Fresenius SE and uh, yeah just to be transparent with everybody <laughs> yeah no super super look um um it's actually actually really good so you know what you're talking about right from that point of view that's also exactly. good in case people are uh, uh, hearing thinking that they hear some bias um but what, what uh, i said uh, if you think about Fresenius and, and um, what I like about it is that it has a really nice dividend history. One of those companies um, uh, in Europe with a good dividend history. And is this also one of the reasons why you are invested in them? And what, what do you like about it from that point of view? The dividend history was certainly one, one reason, exactly. Uh, second point was that that there are not that many uh, pharma companies or healthcare related companies in Germany. So I wanted mm -hmm. to have some 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 exposure locally in, in, in this business. And uh, when I started to look into them and they had a nice uh, diversification between the different business units, it somehow mm -hmm. made, um, made a good picture. Yeah. OK. Hey, and how do how do people in the street, let's say, to think about um, uh, Mr. Lynch? Uh, how should people in the, in the street know this company? Because you meant 300,000 employees and such. Um, so as Europeans, how, what, what, what can we know it from? Well, if you have some kidney disease, most likely you will know Fresenius from the uh, dialysis business. I mean, they are, in yeah. that perspective, uh, the, the biggest uh, company worldwide for this mm -hmm. uh, kind of medical equipment. Um, in Germany, you might know the Helios hospitals. They are big or maybe even the biggest privately owned uh, hospital chain in, 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 in Germany. But they also expanded a lot worldwide. They have mm -hmm. um, they have acquired a couple of hospitals in Spain, in Colombia. And to be honest, I, I don't know where they are not. <laughs> they, they bought a lot over the years. Uh, so from that perspective, I think you might know Helios uh, okay. from, from the hospital business. Yeah. Super. And um, if you then uh, look a little bit at um, uh, how you sit, at the numbers and such in the balance sheets, um, I think they have a quite, um, I sit, a specific balance sheet, so to say. And what are the things that uh, catch your attention in their um, uh, balance sheet and, and, and why is it like that? 
Yeah, there are multiple aspects, of course. Since since the uh, main business or the the the, the main holding Fresenius SE is a holding company, you will see, of course, a lot of numbers for its uh, individual parts. So you always need to be careful which number is this now? Is this related to uh, one entity only or to the the the, the main holding? Also, for example, Fresenius SE is reporting 100% of the Fresenius medical care uh, business in their papers, but they only have 30, uh, 32% of the shares. Yeah. Uh, so, so from that perspective, you always need to be careful which number do they bring in the papers? Is it now the yeah full revenue yeah. number or not? Yeah, and, uh, and it's good that you mentioned that because there are some awkward things in there. For instance, what we noticed is um, that the goodwill is really huge. And, and do you know where it comes from, uh, uh, this goodwill? Yeah, if we jump to goodwill, it's definitely because of the massive acquisitions they had over the past. So, yeah, if if you look, for example, at um, Fresenius Helios, so the hospital chain, they, they bought multiple hospital chains, not only in Germany, but also in Spain, in, in, in South America. And, yeah, I, I think it's a little bit in the nature of business. If you want to buy a hospital, that you pay a premium to that. So you add up a lot of goodwill over time. Um, but in the end, I think it's not a not a big risk necessarily, uh, especially if you think that you cannot uh, just build a second hospital next to a uh, well-established one somewhere. So I'm not sure if if this added goodwill is a big concern from a uh, balance sheet perspective. Um, yeah, because they, they effectively buy stable cash flows, right? So the return on investment is probably really the uh, the biggest here, and then the goodwill is probably of less... Uh, Thing because yeah, otherwise uh, it is about talking about uh, is the hospital bankrupt, right? And then if you want to sell the the hospital itself, the building, yeah, I can imagine that the building and those assets as such are are maybe not so much worth as having the whole hospital there in the in the neighborhood in the location uh, for the patients, right? Exactly. This, this whole intangible thing is what what creates the cash flows. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. And then uh, what we also noticed is um, if you go into the balance sheet on, on, on the liabilities part, right, that their liabilities, their debt has been um, reducing their long-term debt. At the same time, they have been um, issuing more bonds, but it doesn't even equal it out yet. In general, the debt has been decreasing, but at the same time, also the goodwill. So um, what I liked about it is that you see the stability in the write-offs going a little bit in comparison with the deleveraging so that in the end you have kind of a stable picture on the balance sheet uh, yeah yeah and um, then if we look at um, more like um, the company growth if we look at the income statement and such um, anything there that catches your attention yes Fresenius has a very stable growth over the last year I mean we have to certainly say that growth slowed down Mm -hmm. uh, compared to, let's say, uh, 2017, 2018. That's also something later when, when you ch check the long-term stock chart that you see that there's actually a nasty dip and that, <laughs> that it does not look very promising. But in itself, I mean, the, the hospital business is very stable. The um, uh, Fresenius Carby business with uh, um, infusion material or, or um, uh, drugs, very stable also increasing 
free cash flow is also increasing increasing stable margins so i mean overall it's it, it looks like a very well-run company very efficient stable growth but indeed you cannot expect now uh 30 40 percent growth numbers in in a business like that but i think yeah. that's also pretty normal i mean if you have an uh, a well-established hospital it's not that you yeah. can expect next year suddenly 20 percent more patients right <laughs> yeah and then uh, that's interesting because you touched a little bit also on the share prices and such we've seen that uh, it was trading really high i think two years ago and it, it what well, is it almost reduced 30 40 percent in share price um uh, do you know the reason for it first why it went so high and secondly why it came down is there is it just like speculation in the market or is there really a uh, news behind it uh, that led to this yeah, I think before 2018, the market was used to uh, good growth numbers. That was also the time, you know, when the dividend was was uh, increased in, in big uh, steps. Um, but suddenly in 2018, they brought uh, two uh, reduced warnings or earning warning, uh, reduced earnings out. Um, end of 2018, they also hadn't failed acquisition with Acron and uh, US-based hospital chain. So a lot of things came suddenly in the second half of 2018. Um, I also looked back to some um, speeches of the CEO in 2018 or beginning of 2019 to be uh, more precise. And he said like, okay, I think we lost your trust. Uh, we need to rebuild that. And uh, yeah, he back in the days even said he bought more uh, stocks with his uh, variable salary or with his bonus. So he is still fully committed. The management is still fully committed. Mm -hmm. And that was then also in the end for me the reason um, to have initiated the position in the yeah in the low forty do, uh, euro range uh, in two thousand nineteen, and uh, why it then also added up in 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 the COVID uh, dip two thousand twenty. I mean the hospital business of course had uh, mm -hmm. had uh, had been impacted by COVID. I mean a lot of uh, surgical things could not have been done. They needed to keep uh, beds empty for COVID patients. I mean, they were really at the front yeah. line from that perspective. But overall, the business is 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 still pretty pretty stable. Yeah. So far, it's interesting side. that you say this mm -hmm. about the CEO because it was the same that uh, the buyer CEO was saying, right? Uh, we need to regain trust, rebuild trust. Yes. And I, I guess there the Monsanto deal uh, is just the worst acquisition in the history of Europe, yeah. probably. So it's. Uh, probably not fair to compare uh, Fresenius uh, to such kind of uh, event. Yes and no. I mean, I, I was reading a little bit more about the details, what happened with Arquan. So indeed, they, they wanted to acquire the, the hospital chain, right? But suddenly they found out that some things in the books did not add up, that Acorn did some shady things with the FDA. Mm -hmm. So Fresenius in the end said, in the end, oh no, we do not want to buy you anymore. And they got sued by Arquan. Yeah. And uh, in the end, it turned out pretty positively for Fresenius, I have to say. And US-based court said, okay, acquisition is now off the table. You do not need to buy them anymore. And then yeah. looking through the details, I mean, I've, I'm no law export, uh, expert. Yeah. They, they, they talk about an MAC clause. I have no idea what the details are yeah. about, but I was wondering like, okay, maybe a buyer should have hired the the lawyers from Fresenius to somehow play the same game hey, in, the end, <laughs> in the end these are management decisions right. and Fresenius seems to be capable to have these kinds of um uh, i said uh, backstops in their uh, strategy yes. so uh, i think that's a compliment in itself and 
if you make a mistake at least they have been able to uh sit uh, avoid really big pains out of it which Bayer exactly. certainly wasn't able to do so it shows the difference in competence i would say uh, if we also then um uh, how is it um look at some growth factors uh, i believe that um, Helios is still looking at more acquisitions and such for, for, for specialized um, uh, hospitals uh, with fertility treatments. And then the Stuttgart is also really looking at a second biosimilar. And biosimilars are really interesting because I think they are so hard to produce and they're so often so overrated because sometimes I have a feeling that um, um, the regular investors think like oh biosimilar will 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 take off the revenue of the um um of, of the of the main uh i said um uh a drug in in the market but then at the same time they they in their mind they look at it as generics right like like if it will be producing in paracetamol or something like that and so i'm really curious about uh what will happen here around kabi uh, with this and how easily it will go and be yeah, I'm also very excited about that. And if 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 you listen to the uh, CEO speeches, it's also for them very exciting mm -hmm. uh, new business. It's yeah. really really a new field for them. And yeah. I'm actually not sure if you if you know that. Do, do you know what the first biosimilar is from Fresenius? No, I don't know. Yeah, it is actually for Humera from Abbey. Ah, that's really, really interesting. So uh, with that, if you have also Epvi, you, you have the one that's exactly. eating Epvi's lunch, you're the on, on the receiver end there. Exactly, ah. exactly. But so that's also sometimes nice to look at it like that, right? From an investing point of view. If you, for instance, um, um, well, if you were afraid that Apple would take over Microsoft's position in the past, buy both. Yeah, if, if the Microsoft would be the more stable at the time and then take the grower and you know that you have one of the winners, right? Exactly. Yeah. Ah, cool. So if you then now look, we, we have discussed a little bit the company, the, the, the business behind it, that it's, um, it's, it's like, a, I guess, a European blue chip. The high growth period is over. It's more in the slow growth uh, phase now from that point of view. We've looked at the balance sheet, the income statement uh, and such that statements. Balance sheet is a little bit like pay attention to the goodwill and the debt, uh, but the debt figures overall don't look bad. They look actually quite okay, also related to the whole balance sheet. So then the question is, what about the dividend quality and the dividend stability? Uh, can we trust management, this management on 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 the dividends? Yeah. So regard is there, for instance, a clear dividend policy or is the typical European dividend policy? What, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, they actually say a little bit more what they want to do. They have a uh, dividend policy, and I and I trust the management uh, to that. Mm -hmm. So, looking at the dividend history, twenty-eight years of increasing in uh, dividends. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the uh, rare dividend aristocrats in Germany. I yeah. think it's only eight to maximum ten companies that have this track record in 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 Germany, and Fresenius mm -hmm. is one one out of them. Um, but still, the payout is actually very conservative. I think their target corridor, uh, let me look it up, I think between 25 and 30%. I mean, it, it's, it's really yeah. very conservative. Yeah. And uh, the growth of the dividend is very often mapped to the growth of the earnings. Mm -hmm. So with that, we all already get a little bit of an estimate, you know, which dividend increase can we expect. Yeah. And that's certainly something that also slowed down a tiny little bit in the last couple of years because the earnings went... went uh, yeah. Uh, did, did not grow that fast anymore. 
but still, I mean, in. But do you expect this as a company that if they will have two, three bad years after a row, that they will also cut the dividend uh, in, in 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 line with the with the earnings decline or something like that? I well, I don't hope so. Of course, you should never hope in that perspective. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think the management is very very much committed to that. I when, when I when I looked again at the at the speech of the CEO two thousand eighteen, you know, yeah. or two thousand nineteen, reporting back to two thousand eighteen, where they big had big concerns of uh, of you know the revised earnings and and earnings warnings they still said they want to keep it up yeah okay hey, and the uh, and and the Fresenius se the holding company currently trades around two uh, percent yield because they have a dividend of 88 cents on the share price around slightly below uh, 45 euro what is also interesting maybe is a little bit to look at medical care right uh, the Fresenius medical care this um, uh, subsidiary because that one has been paying a dividend actually since 1997 and uh, has been growing their dividend also quite uh, quite a lot so I think uh, in 1997 they issued the first dividend around 20 cents and now it's around uh, 136 so it's it's uh, it's a, a 10 bagger almost from that point of view um, uh, they had a bit of a growth um, slowdown in 2012 13 uh, 14 15 I think that was uh, like the rest of Europe um, but they also have at the moment uh, 1.9 dividend yield, so not so much away from the parent and a 33% payout ratio. And it trades for a multiple around 18. So um, I, I, I guess it's it's fair to say that um, you could you could go for Fresenius SE and with that you also earn Fresenius medical care. But maybe the growth or something like that or the, let's say, the risk reward could be more interesting for a few people also to look into medical care more. Uh, so you get maybe a more uh, one-trick pony from that point of view, but also probably with a higher potential reward behind it because of less diversification. I think that summarizes it. It's, it's very well. So Fresenius Medical Care is indeed biggest biggest uh, company for a dialysis business, but they still have some, some nice growth vectors. Uh, they launched, uh, if I remember it correctly, a very cost-optimized, cost-competitive uh, uh, dialysis machine for Asian countries, for example. Um, but they have indeed a different growth vector for the Western Hemisphere, where they rather shift from hospital treatment to home dialysis, for example. Yeah. Because that's especially now also in the COVID uh, time, I think, interest, uh, interesting. You do not want to go necessarily to a hospital if you don't ha have to. But yeah, people with uh, kidney diseases need to go. So yeah, uh, it's yeah super. An interesting business indeed. But I, I personally feel uh, feel a little bit more comfortable indeed with the SE business or the mm -hmm. hospital part in it as well. Yeah, and uh, and the, okay. the the carby business. So to conclude, uh, my, my personal opinion is like 2% uh, yield. It's interesting. Um, I see the dividend is safe also due to the low uh, payout ratio. I think they are uh, pretty well managed from a financial point of view. Um, there are some highlights to be uh, alert on. Um, and actually, I, I need to update the Noble 30 index. So um, definitely for seniors belongs in there. So I hope in the upcoming week sometime to do a post about it and to, uh, uh, you know, give it its uh, place that it deserves. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> and then how about you what what is your final summary about for seniors if you think about uh, people that would be considering it now is it something that you find interesting or or, or actually yeah, not at the moment yeah no i well i mean for the current prices uh, always something you need to look into i i felt a little bit more comfortable with the lower 40s uh price mm -hmm. tag that we had some some time ago uh, you get indeed a solid 2% uh, dividend yield, uh, double-digit uh, dividend growth rate. Yeah. Uh, lo looking back, I mean, that in itself looks good. But indeed, with the debt and goodwill structure, I mean, yeah, you, you definitely uh, need to look into that if you're comfortable with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but Super. other than that, very nice and uh, yeah, diversified business in, in yeah. different uh, uh, segments in the medical sector. Yeah. Super. Okay, so that concludes then uh, for seniors. I hope uh, the listeners uh, enjoyed this one to um, discuss again a European stock and go a little bit deeper into it. But now we also go to another special section, which is called the listener questions. And usually you are first, but today we have Engineer My Freedom as the first listener question. And he is asking us, what is the one investment decision you would have done differently this year? Any thoughts there from your side? Definitely. I mean, if I uh, if I could uh, turn time back a little bit, I would have a more consistent investment schedule. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So uh, you have very a feeling reluctant. that you are, uh, yeah. So you're feeling that you were under investing. I guess. Yes, definitely. I was very reluctant in the beginning of the year, and uh, yeah. Of course, looking back, it's it's always easy to say should have, could have, would have, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. But I think, especially from that perspective, it's just important to invest regularly. Yeah. So, so my um, my look back here is that I should have bought more Ahold. I bought quite a bit actually, um, and I didn't want to spend too much cash on it further at that time, thinking I did already enough. But you know, I, I want to. Why didn't use didn't I use my option strategy? I could have sold a put option to fund uh, a call option so that it would be cost neutral. And then thinking like, okay, you know what? Or I buy it for twenty percent lower, or I buy it for ten or twenty percent higher, like uh, half a year later, like now, and I would still lock in kind of the price from uh, that time almost. So I wish I would have done that um, at the time. So yeah, uh, but this is what investing is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the next, next question is from uh, Nineok, uh, and he is asking us whether we fall, uh, follow GlaxoSmithKline, uh, GSK, uh, because they have announced their future dividend policy also related to the new company. Uh, I believe that they are spinning off. Any thoughts around that from your side? Definitely. I uh, followed uh, GSK over the last couple of months. I mean, certainly spikes out if you see the dividend yield in the 7%, 8% yeah. range, what it uh, was a couple of uh, weeks ago. And uh, yeah, they already announced this um, spin-off last year or that there would would be happening something like that. And uh, indeed, last week, we got the firm details what will be happening. Yeah, And especially for the dividend policy, it means next year, if we combine the, let's say, let's call it new GSK plus consumer health uh, business, the total dividend of the two elements will be only 80% to the uh, levels that we have this year. So with GSK, you will definitely get a dividend cut. <laughs> it looks a little bit similar to what we have with uh, AT&T, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah exactly. We'll soon have a, a, a spin-off for the, the, the company 
uh, splitting off some some business entities and the new dividend will be lower to the uh, dividend yeah. that we have that year yeah i mean if you're a gsk um and and uh, shareholder and depending on the income i think this is really really um uh not nice but i understand why gsk does it um and i actually also understood why at and t does it the, the always the question is like how management was communicating right uh, around this so yeah to all the shareholders out there that will need to take a 20 percent uh, uh cut on their paycheck uh, uh feel with you <laughs> definitely exactly and to be honest i have to say i was hoping that the stock price would go down a bit after this big yeah. big announcement actually it did not yeah but not significantly uh for for me you know in the overall investment uh, strategy it it would be nice to have another uk based company mm -hmm. Um, not sure if I like the 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 medicals or the the new GSK part better or the uh, consumer health. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I still keep it on the radar. The change yeah. will be next year, so uh, there's enough time to 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 make the decision. If I want to get engaged with both companies, then I can still buy the let's yeah. say the old GSK. And uh, otherwise, yeah, I will I will see it over the year. I still have it on the on the watch list certainly. Yeah. Super. Okay, so the next question is from Chris, get vaccinated. <laughs> he is asking, is the right play to put higher yielding stocks inside a retirement account while keeping lower yield more and more growth outside? Or should I think in total return? Uh, he's saying it's from the US States, uh, from the United States, so 15% dividend tax outside the retirement accounts. Um, I think this is an interesting question. So uh, we just open the retirement account here. Um, so this is really about tax efficiency investing right tax efficient investing and if you have a certain uh, amount of money that you can put in your tax account but besides that you know you will need to invest more in an um, uh, i said in a normal account then i would definitely put the higher yielding stocks in the um in in, in the tax-free account because you 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 have less impact from the dividend tax, so I would definitely follow that approach then and have the more low low yield, high growth in, into your open account. That's how I would look at it, and that's how I'm looking at it uh, as well. Because you just benefit from all those dividends being uh, not taxed. Okay, and then the last question from today is from Rafa, uh, and he is asking, uh, what would you prefer to own? Nike or LVMH, Louis Vuitton, and he says you can only choose one and dream that you can get it at fair value. Which one would you choose, Phil? I think it would be LVMH. It's mm -hmm. a big company, a lot of brands, a lot of history with the brands that you cannot just copy. Well diversified. Uh, yeah, just from that perspective, I, I most likely would buy them. And a great CEO, right? Uh, really great CEO. So uh, I think he's one of the richest in the world, right? Yeah, um, that can be. Yeah. That can be. And there was also recently some news that they want to work together with Google. Was it like that? And the new digital strategy? I, I only heard it at this site. Yeah. There was something in the news about them and then tech stock. <laughs> yeah. Now, so for me, it's definitely Nike uh, for the simple fact that um, I think Nike has the youth on their side. And, and still now, uh, the youth prefers Nike brands, yeah, the Nike shoes and everything. So 
it's for me so powerful and with Louis Vuitton uh, it is always for me a bit in the luxury category but you know anyone wants to own Nikes poor rich everyone wants Nikes so I think from that point of view I would go for a Nike at fair value definitely I would go uh, full in definitely okay thank you all for all the listeners questions um really nice ones again and uh, always happy to ask the, uh, answer them so thank you for that and let's move then quickly to the last section of today and it's a stock pick so we spoke already about for seniors i will go to a total different company now in the financial sector and it's blackrock uh, blackrock triggered um, uh, my attention this week when i saw a really nice chart that showed like how much of the ETFs BlackRock owns that are being uh, bought by 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 I know pension funds and all, all 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 the buyers? It's just simply insane how much market share they have, and 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 it's not just Europe; it's also in the states where they have a market share of thirty six percent. So they are much bigger than Vanguard, as an example, or Fidelity. Um. If you're talking about a market leader, BlackRock is, is a market leader in this uh, industry. It trades at, at the moment around $875. Um, it has been stable growth, nothing, nothing like, like, like no zigzagging or something like that, just more like with the market. Um, and what I also like about it is they have a 17 years dividend growth history. Uh, yielding currently around 1.9%. It's for me always on the low end. It, it, it doesn't add to my screener. However, the five-year dividend growth rate is uh, slightly um, above 11%. So this is for me such an example of a company which is low growth, uh, sorry, low yield, high growth, but which is interesting enough because if you then really think about it, uh, getting as quick as possible to a 10% yield of cost, yield on cost, is achievable still with this with this yield if they can keep up the dividend growth track record payout ratio is 44 percent so they should have room for growth um yeah it's just a company for me that i um like a lot i think uh, people should still do do their homework going into the financial statements and such but it's a company in the financial sector that uh, caught my attention and that, that i might go a little bit deeper into it to 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 start building my understanding like is this the one that i could have in my portfolio because it seems to be like the microsoft or the apple of the of the industry yeah this the stock price wow 870 dollars do, do you see there any issues building up a position because i mean it's it's not that you can you know slice it in nice nice parts i mean it's immediately Eight hundred dollars, sixteen hundred, two thousand four hundred, right? Yeah, and it no, gets uh, worse I, over time, I guess. Uh, yeah, no, I don't have issues there because my monthly contribution to the stock market is more than that. So for sure, I could buy uh, uh, one share every month if I wanted to. So no, I don't have, I don't have issues actually uh, with that. I would have issues with Amazon or Google, but not with uh, uh, BlackRock. But I understand your point. The stock stock split would make it easier for people earlier on in the journey because if you would have asked me in the first month i would have probably not uh, i would have shied away from it and then also if you don't want to if you can't buy fractional shares so yeah it would be good for them then to do a stock split yeah and and did you actually hear any conspiracy theories about blackrock i mean <laughs> they have a big big power right if it comes yeah, to voting right they just and... own the own, own the capital exactly. markets yeah 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 I haven't uh, heard, I mean, 
Do you want to be in the half uh, glass bottom uh, of, of the of the water, right? Of the glass of water on the top. Um, I just know that when I read, because that's the interest for me. I've been reading the shareholder um, uh, letters and the shareholder comments. I have a feeling that this guy is really having the right integrity. Yeah, it's easy to say when you own the world. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, benefit of the doubt. It is, uh, they have a lot of influence in boards and everything, which is interesting. Maybe it's more even interesting to, to become an employee there and get all these board seats. And uh, <laughs> that would be probably more interesting from a career point of view then. But yeah. Do you have any special thoughts about that? or? I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, maybe it's something that we will never know what, what's happening behind yeah. the curtain, right? Yeah. Uh, but certainly, uh, it's it's uh, it, it's it's interesting uh, to to uh, to to think about it. What what happens behind this the the, the, the curtain? Yeah. If they can really use all the votes to their advantage that they get basically from from ETF investments, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, that, well, it's interesting. That if BlackRock is a real uh, wants to be a dividend aristocrat, then they will need growing dividends, so they will need growing. Dividends maybe also a little bit from uh, the companies. Maybe they can put some fees below mm -hmm. it so that it doesn't go all to their clients, but they also earn something. Who knows? Maybe it can uh, work in our advantage. Exactly. <laughs> Super. Hey, we came to the end of the show, Phil. Thank you so much for joining uh, joining me today. I think uh, you allowed uh, EMF to um, have a great uh, camping trip this week, I believe. So. Uh, thank you so much for always uh, being with us. I'll treat you all, already as uh, one of the uh, Dividend Talk uh, sidekicks or members. <laughs> I don't know how to call it, but thank you so much. Uh, it was a today. great pleasure, pleasure to, certainly. Thanks a lot. Super. Well, to all the listeners um, in Europe, I mean, I think it's all over the place. It's great weather. The summer's really hot and starting. You know, get a refreshment. Go to the swimming pool, wherever you are, but please... Um, uh, take your earphones with you so that you can listen to uh, uh, the next dividend talk again. Yes, and so. don't don't forget sunscreen. Exactly. Especially don't forget uh, sunscreen. the people in Ireland over there. If you suddenly have a nice week, don't <laughs> forget your sunscreen, please. <laughs> yeah, we should uh, put the UPS uh, shipping uh, exactly. quickly to EMF for, with some sunscreen uh, factor fifty or so. Yeah. <laughs> good, good call out. Okay, guys, all have a great week, and uh, see you at the next uh, dividend talk.